This is Vision for Christ World, Toledo, Ohio, USA. My name is Tim Taylor. We like things that are perfectly clean and pure, like drinking water and our meals. We prefer things that have no defects. So does God. In fact, he demands that anything or anyone in his presence be completely and totally pure, clean, and perfect, 100% perfect. If we are honest with ourselves, we know that we are not that pure, clean, and certainly not perfect. We are all flawed human beings. We may try to do better to clean up our lives, but we can never quite rid ourselves of all our imperfections. So then how can a totally perfect, completely pure and holy God maintain his absolute purity and still have anything to do with his created beings walking around on planet Earth? God solved this issue by providing a way to clean us up through the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus Christ. Through faith in Christ, we can become perfect in the eyes of God as God views us through the window of Jesus. Father God, let me show everyone who you really are and reveal your only son, Jesus Christ, to those who are listening. Praying in the name of Jesus, amen. Some material for this program is from GodQuestions.org. Our website address is visionforchristworld.com. Some of you have asked that four. Is that the number four? No, it's F-O-R. So our website address is vision, that's V-I-S-I-O-N, for, F-O-R, and then Christ, followed by world. So altogether, visionforchristworld.com. Today I will be talking about this plan of God to make people acceptable to him. It costs you no money. It is available to rich and poor alike. Isaiah 118 says, Come, let us consider your options, says the Lord. Though your sins have stained you like the color red, you can become white like snow. Though they are as easy to see as the color scarlet, you can become white like wool. 1 John 1, 5-9 Now this is the gospel message we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet keep on walking in the darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we do not bear the guilt of sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous, forgiving us our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. The church is comprised of only born-again, saved, true believers in Jesus Christ from everywhere and at all times. Ephesians 5, 25-27 says, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to sanctify her by cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word so that he may present the church to himself as glorious, not having a stain or wrinkle or any such blemish, but holy and blameless. Matthew 5, 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, 
for they will see God. James 4, 7-8, So submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and make your hearts pure, you double-minded. 2 Corinthians 5, 15-21, So that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Jesus Christ, who died for them and was raised. So then, from now on, we acknowledge no one from an outward human point of view. Even though we have known Christ from such a human point of view, now we do not know him in that way any longer. So then, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What is old has passed away. Look, what is new has come. And all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the sins of the people against them. And he has given us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his plea through us. We plead with you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. God made the one who did not know sin, meaning Christ, to be sin for us, so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. This is what is known as the great exchange. By faith, we get all of the perfection of Christ put onto us, and all of our horrible sins are removed and carried away by Jesus through his death on the cross of Calvary. That's why it's called the great exchange. Purity is freedom from anything that contaminates. Purity is the quality of being faultless, not compromised, not polluted. Pure water is free from any other substances. Pure gold has been refined to such a degree that all dross has been removed. And a pure life is one in which sin no longer dominates the choices that one makes. Purity is important to God, who alone is truly pure. Purity is often used in Scripture as a means to communicate holiness or perfection. When Moses was building the tabernacle, God specified that the lampstand and other items inside the holy place be made of pure gold. The oil used in the tabernacle was to be pure, as was the frankincense. The Lord has pure eyes. Habakkuk 1.13, and speaks pure words, Psalm 12.6. The New Jerusalem is described as a city of pure gold, as pure as glass, Revelation 21.18. When God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1 and 2, everything was pure. There was no death, decay, pollution, or sin. God creates pure things because he is pure. In him, there is no confusion, contradiction, or compromise. Everything he does is good, Psalm 1830. He created human beings to reflect his image and to live in pure, unbroken communion with him, Genesis 1:27. However, sin is the destroyer of purity, Psalm 14:3. Impurity is often listed as one factor that will keep us away from the presence of God, Colossians 3, 5, and 6. In order to have fellowship with a holy God, we must reclaim the purity 
that he originally intended for us. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. That's Psalm 24, 3-4. In the New Testament, purity is reclaimed by placing our faith in the perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. See Romans 6. We cannot be pure enough on our own to see God. Romans 3.23 makes that clear. We must have the righteousness of Christ credited to our accounts. Again, the quotation from earlier today from 2 Corinthians 5.21. That is what it means to be a Christian. Christians are not simply people who try real hard to be good. That would be pointless since no one could ever be good enough. We must have the purity of Jesus Christ placed upon us to be pure enough for God. The term purity is often used today in relation to sexuality. Sexual purity is freedom from immorality or perversion. Purity is closely related to holiness, and those who walk in holiness will keep themselves sexually pure. No sex before marriage, and only sex with your spouse after marriage. When we have been born again through faith in Jesus, John 3, 3, we desire to live in purity, 1 Peter 1, 15-16. That purity is not limited to our sexuality, although that is important. God desires that we live purely in all our dealings with others, Ezekiel 45, 10, Luke 6, 31. Purity should define our thought life, our words, and our actions. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Matthew 5, 8. When our claim to righteousness is based on what Jesus has done, Titus 3, 5, we will strive to forsake sin and live in purity of heart, enjoying fellowship with the God of purity. Again, I must repeat, no one can get to be this pure without the supernatural work of God making you pure through your faith in his only son, Jesus Christ. Now, related to purity in the area of sexuality is the problem of promiscuity. A promiscuous person is one who engages in many sexual couplings with a number of different people. In the days when purity and morality were commonly considered virtues, promiscuity was frowned upon. In our current cultural environment, however, Promiscuity is promoted in television, movies, and music. Young people feel the pressure by early middle school even to have a boyfriend or girlfriend and are taught in the classroom about human sexuality without biblical morality. So it is not surprising that before many teens reach adulthood, more than half have already had at least one sexual encounter. A large number of those could be considered promiscuous. Our culture calls this progress. The Bible calls it sin, Hebrews 13.4. According to the Bible, promiscuity is the repeated violation of the standard of God for sex. God created sex as a beautiful expression of love that would propagate the species, but he also knows the devastation that results from abusing his gift. When God put limits on our sexual expression, he did so for our own good. Promiscuity is an abuse of the power of sexuality, it robs those who practice it of the ability to understand true intimacy. Even a casual glance at global issues reveals that promiscuity is at the heart of many of the problems of the world. Consider the social ills brought about by promiscuity. Abortion, 
sexually transmitted diseases, single mothers in poverty, AIDS and HIV, fatherless children, adultery, divorce, the rape culture, and the proliferation of related issues such as welfare fraud, overcrowding, starvation, and, of course, pornography. A large amount of money and thousands of hours are invested in solving those issues, but most of the problems would disappear if people simply followed the instructions of God about sex. Galatians 5, 19-21 says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means will not go to heaven. Anyone can make a mistake and sin sexually. The solution of God is our repentance and forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. Those who are sexually promiscuous need a radical lifestyle change. Those who continue to violate themselves by having sexual relations with multiple people do not have a heart transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of your one and only unique Son, Jesus Christ, I ask you to send your Holy Spirit to touch the heart and mind of every person listening to me right now. Cause them to desire to have their sins taken away, to pray and ask to be granted repentance that leads to life by God, and to repent of their sins, truly turning away from sin, to have that penalty for sin removed, so that through the faith you give them, they may believe in you, Jesus, and have eternal, never-ending life, starting today by having personal, saving faith in you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Until the next broadcast, this is Tim Taylor praying the great blessings of God with joy and peace upon your life as you embrace Jesus Christ in personal, saving faith. I will leave you today with this text from Philippians chapter 2, verses 15 to 16. That you may be blameless and pure, children of God without blemish, though you live in a crooked and perverse society, in which you shine as lights in the world by holding on to the word of life.